the United States is now engaged in many parts of the world, especially the Muslim world, and that's a subject that Dr. Abadi is going to speak to particularly. Uh, we are encountering this huge impact of religion uh, every day in our foreign policy, and we are having to find ways to deal with countries that identify themselves as Muslim, for example. I also believe that this topic is of critical importance because we all care about human rights, we care about freedom of religion, we care about the rights of women, and those are all issues that Dr. Abadi is going to address in the context of Islam and trying to identify what Islam actually teaches. And I find her title very intriguing because she discusses true Islam. And I think it's important for Americans in particular to understand that there are many interpretations of Islam. We are familiar with the ones that, of course, the jihadists and the terrorists promote, which is an interpretation that is very divisive. The vast majority of Muslims do not subscribe to this understanding of their religion at all. And in fact, they view Islam as a religion that teaches the unity of people of all different races and creeds. In fact, the Quran, the holy book of Islam, says that all human beings are children of Adam and Eve and therefore should view one another as members of the same family. It also says that nations should come to a better understanding of one another, should cooperate with one another. These are teachings that I think many Americans don't know about. But if we're going to be so heavily engaged in the Islamic world as we are, it's important that every American have this more refined understanding. And I think Dr. Abadi is going to help us achieve that. Islam is a faith and a way of life symbolized by peace. Peace with God, peace with oneself, and peace with the creation of God through the submission to God and the commitment to His guidance. Neither Muhammad, Jesus, nor Moses, peace be upon them, have came to change the basic doctrine of the one God, the same God, that has been brought by the earlier prophets. But it was more of a confirmation and renewal of that belief. Islam is the divine message that follow and continue the same monotheistic messages and religions of Prophet uh, Abraham, Moses, and Jesus. So despite of the many differences, the essence of the message is, is the same. Nebraska has a remarkable uh, community of Muslim families, uh, uh, mainly refugees from Bosnia, Sudan, Afghanistan, and Iraq. Uh, with no doubt, uh, such a topic can help uh, build a, a, a bridge of, of mutual respect and understanding in the Nebraskan community. The status of, of women in Islam and the rights of women in Islam is one of the most controversial and misunderstood topics in Islam. There is a lot of misinformation about Islam. There is mis presentation by the media, or also there is a misunderstanding by individual. So there is a concern about that conflicting views.
So bringing that topic for the public and for the, to open the dialogue so we can uh, learn and clarify the, the, the conflict view, it, it is very important nowadays. I am so excited that Dr. Abadi is coming to Nebraska. I think she is a remarkable individual. She has shown great courage. She is a model to so many human rights advocates as someone who has passionately devoted her life to the service of the rights of others, whether women, children, people of other religions. And I think it is a great privilege for us to have her here. Good evening. I'm Harvey Perlman, Chancellor of the University of Nebraska-Lincoln, and honored to welcome you to the Ian Thompson Forum on World Issues. For more than 20 years, the university has partnered with the Cooper Foundation and the Lead Center for Performing Arts to bring to Lincoln thoughtful speakers to engage both the University of Nebraska community and the general public in important issues that affect all of us in this contemporary world. This lecture series is named in honor of the late Ian Jack Thompson. Few individuals were as supportive of the university than he. We're grateful to the Thompson family and the Cooper Foundation for its ongoing support. This evening's lecture is also the annual Lewis E. Harris Lecture on Public Policy. The Harris Lecture on Public Policy was created to examine major public policy issues and to provide a special opportunity for interaction between students the business community, and the academic community in Nebraska. The Harris Lecture was endowed by the Smith-Klein Corporation to honor its former chairman, the late Lewis E. Harris, founder of Harris Laboratories, one of the world's leading independent scientific testing and research laboratories. We are indebted to the Harris family for their continuing support. It is now my honor to introduce Dr. Shireen Abadi and welcome her to the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. As an Iranian lawyer and human rights activist, Dr. Abadi was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize in 2003 for her significant and pioneering efforts in democracy and human rights, especially for the rights of women and children. She is the first Iranian and the first Muslim woman to receive the prize. She is the founder and leader of the Association for Support of Children's Rights in Iran. She is the author of a number of academic books and articles focused on human rights and has had several books translated into English. In 2006, Random House published her memoir, Iran Awakening. At the conclusion of this evening's lecture, Dr. Abadi will be available for book signings in the orchestra lobby. She has spoken out clearly and strongly in her country of Iran and far beyond its borders. She has stood up as a professional and courageous person who has argued for a new interpretation of Islamic law which is in harmony with vital human rights, such as democracy, equality before the law, religious freedom, and freedom of speech. She earned a law degree from the University of Tehran. From 1975 to 79, she served as the president of the city court of Tehran. 
After the revolution in 1979, she was forced to resign. Previously a professor at the University of Tehran, she now works as a lawyer. As a lawyer, Dr. Abadi has been involved in a number of controversial political cases. She was the attorney for the families of writers and intellectuals who were victims of the serial murders in 1999 to 2000. She has also worked actively to reveal the principles behind the attack on students at Tehran University in 1999, where several students died. As a consequence, she has been imprisoned on numerous occasions. She has displayed great personal courage as a lawyer and author, defending individuals and groups, and her ability and willingness to cooperate with representatives of various views leads me to present to Dr. Shireen Abadi one of the highest honors the University of Nebraska-Lincoln can award. To present the award, I would invite Dr. Abadi to join me on the stage. Since 2000, the University of Nebraska-Lincoln has on occasion conferred the Willa S. Cather Medal upon individuals whose words and actions uphold the highest value of humanity and service to the world at large. Willa Cather is Nebraska's most internationally renowned author. She achieved preeminence, including a Pulitzer Prize for fiction, by expressing the very special relationships among persons facing the challenges of the frontier. The medallion bearing her name honors persons who have responded creatively to the frontiers of human rights, the humanities, or the arts. Past recipients of this award include former Soviet Union leader Mikhail Gorbachev, Archbishop Desmond Tutu, Supreme Court Justices Sandra Day O'Connor and Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and William H. Rehnquist. Please accept this medallion on behalf of the University of Nebraska-Lincoln for your courageous and humanitarian life work. Please welcome Dr. Abadi to present this evening's Ian Thompson Forum titled True Islam, Human Rights, Faith, and Women. ریاست محترم دانشگاه اسادیت گرامی دانشجویان عزیز خانم ها آقایان a respectable chancellor of the university, dear uh, and respectable professors, dear students, ladies and gentlemen. بسیار خوشحالم که توانستم برای اولین بار بیام به ایالت حاصلخیز شما و از نزدیک با مردم مهربان شهر و ایالت شما آشنا بشم. I am very glad that I had the opportunity to come to your state, your state which produces food, and to meet its very warm and nice people. And I'm also very proud to be speaking at this university with you. بابت مدال با ارزشی که از طرف دانشگاه به من اعطا شد سپاسگزارم. 
and I want to thank the university for the very valuable medallion that I received tonight. من با افتخار این مدال رو روی میز کار خودم به نشانه محبت شما قرار خواهم داد. I will place it on my desk as a symbol of the kindness of you people. و از همه کسانی که در برپایی این جلسه زحمت کشیدن سپاسگزاری می‌کنم. خانم ها آقایان از دیروز مذاکرات آمریکا و دولت ایران در مورد مسئله انرژی هسته‌ای در قزاقستان شروع شد. Ladies and gentlemen, yesterday was the beginning of the negotiations of the government of the United States with the government of Iran regarding the nuclear issue. این مذاکرات ادامه داره و هنوز نتیجه اون رو اعلام نکرده. These negotiations continue and the results have not been announced yet. من امیدوارم که مذاکرات به نتیجه برسه و حکومت ایران قبول کنه حقوق بین الملل رو و به قطنامه های شورای امنیت سازمان ملل متحد گردن بنهه I hope that they reach a desirable conclusion and the government of Iran accepts the resolutions of the United Nations and the international community and enforces them همین در ماه گذشته مؤسسه گالوب آماری رو منتشر کرد که بسیار باعث تعجب منه. In the past month the Gallup Institute published statistics which are very surprising to me. مؤسسه گالوب عنوان کرد که در یک نظرسنجی که از مردم ایران کرده بیش از 50 درصد مردم ایران موافق غنیسازی اورانیوم و ادامه برنامه های هسته حکومت هستند. The Gallup Institute claims that upon a study that has been conducted in Iran over 50% of the people of Iran agree with the nuclear program of the government. و همچنین حدود در رابطه سیاسی ایران و آمریکا بیش از 60 درصد مردم آمریکا رو مقصر میدونن. And regarding the relations between Iran and America, over 60% of the people think America is at fault. مسئله مهمی است که دولت ایران به آمارگرها اجازه ورود به ایران رو نمیده. The important issue here is that the government of Iran does not permit live people to go and take statistics. و حکومت ایران یه حکومت پلیسی امنیتیه که مردم آزادی بیان و گفتار ندارن. The government of Iran is a police state, a security state and people do not have the right of free speech. و مؤسسه گالوب به وسیله تلفن و ایمیل این نظرسنجی رو انجام داد. So the study has been conducted by Gallup uh, via telephone and emails. خیلی طبیعی است که در یک حکومت پلیسی مردم جرأت نمی‌کنند خلاف حکومت صحبت بکنند. It's very natural that in a police state people do not dare speak against the government. 
شما تصور کنید که کسی در خونش نشسته و تلفن میزنن و میگن که خب شما فکر میکنید حکومت ایران مقصره یا حکومت آمریکا فکر میکنید طرف چه جوابی میتونه بده Just imagine sitting in your living room someone calls and asks you do you think that Iran is at fault or America what do you think that person is going to respond Specifically with regards to the fact that most telephone conversations are under control and tapped و همچنین ایمیل ها رو کنترل میکنند بنابراین وقتی که ایمیلی میرسه که آیا شما با ادامه قرین سازی موافقید یا نه کمتر کسی جرات میکنه که حرفی رو که دلش میخواد بزنه and also emails are under control so when one receives an email asking them whether they agree with the nuclear program very few people may say what they want to say و من به عنوان یک استاد دانشگاه بسیار تعجب میکنم که مؤسسه گالوب چطور این آمار رو منتشر کرده. And as a professor of a university I'm surprised how Gallup has published these statistics. اصولا یکی از اختلافات مردم ایران با حکومت سر مسئله انرژی هستیه برای اینکه مردم موافق نیستند. In general, one of the oppositions of the people to the government is the issue of nuclear energy. People do not agree with that program. In energy, برای زیسمهیتی ایران مزرعه از جمله اینکه ایران رو خاطر زرزر است و امکان تکرار فاجعه فکوشیما هست. This is not good for the environment in Iran, and besides the fact that Iran is located on earthquake faults, and there is always the danger of an event like the Fukushima event. ادامه اصرار بر قنیسازی اورانیوم حکومت باعث تحریم‌های شدیدی شده که منجر به گسترش فرق در بین مردمه. Insisting on the nuclear program and on the continuation of such program has resulted in placing sanctions that have resulted in the poverty of the people. بنابراین من به عنوان یک ایرانی واقعا در نتیجه که گالوب گرفته شک میکنم. Therefore, as an Iranian, I really am suspicious of the results that Gallup has published. اعتراض دیگر مردم به حکومت ایران مربوط است به سیاست خارجی حکومت. The other objection of the people of Iran to their government is the foreign policy of the government. من که این سیاست غلط باعث شده ایران منزوی بشه. And this wrong foreign policy has resulted in the isolation of Iran. من به چند مورد اشاره میکنه. I will give you a few examples. در حالتی که در اثر قیام مردمی در سوریه بیش از صد هزار نفر کشته شدند و یک میلیون نفر آواره شدند و بشار اسد روی مردمش بم میریزه و اونا رو با موشک میزنه. Whereas, as a result of the uprising of the people in Syria, a hundred thousand people have been killed, over a million have been dispersed and are refugees, and Bashar Assad bombards his people. 
حکومت ایران با ارسال نیروی نظامی و همچنین اسلحه و پول به کمک بشار اسد آمده و او رو کمک میکنه در کشتار مردم The government of Iran uh, through sending military personnel, arms and money supports Bashar Assad and helps him in killing his own people. Hamchenin dar imma yek kishti hamil aslahe toqif shod ke in kishti ro dolat Iran baraye shurishyan Yemen feristade bud. Also during the past month a ship was uh, forfeited uh, during which uh, process arms were found on the ship that the government of Iran had exported for the people of Yemen, for the people who uh, were about to riot in Yemen. اشتباهات حکومت ایران در زمینه سیاست خارجی خیلی بیشتر از ایناست من اینا رو فقط به عنوان نمونه گفتم و به هر حال این سیاست باعث شده که حکومت ایران هر چی بیشتر منزوی بشه ایران has committed many wrongs in its foreign policy I just gave you a few examples but I, what I want to say here is that the foreign policy of Iran has resulted in its isolation و ما اعتراض مهم مردم به نقض گسترده و مستمر حقوق بشر در ایرانه and uh, the other issue is the very strong objection of the people to violation of violations of human rights in Iran مردم ایران در سال 1979 انقلاب کردند و یک رژیم سلطنتی رو ساقر کردند Uh, the people of Iran in 1979, through a revolution, toppled the monarchy. But ousting a dictator does not guarantee democracy. همچنانی که در کشورهای عربی که اخیراً قیام کردن و دیکتاتورها رو بیرون کردن مثل مصر و تونس و لیبی دیدیم که دیکتاتورها رفتن ولی که متاسفانه تا الان دموکراسی نیمده And we have seen recently in the Arab Spring in countries like Egypt, like Libya, like Tunisia, the dictators have been ousted, but we still don't see democracy there. And this is why the people of these countries, specifically the people of Egypt, state that the revolution is still ongoing. بعد از انقلاب 1979 یک حکومت اسلامی تأسیس شد که استبدادش حتی از شاه هم بیشتر بود. After the revolution in Iran a religious uh, Islamic government came to existence which is even a stronger dictatorship than the Shah's regime. برای اینکه استبداد مذهبی شدیدتر از استبداد سیاسی هم هست because religious dictatorship is stronger than political dictatorship بعد از انقلاب 1979 تغییرات زیادی در قوانین صورت گرفت after the revolution of 1979 many changes were made in the laws از جمله 
در قوانین تبعیض بر اساس مذهب تصویب کردند. For example, in the laws, discrimination on the basis of religion has been approved. And I will give you a few examples of those. طبق قانون ارزش جان زن نیمی از ارزش جان مرده یعنی اگر من و برادرم با هم بریم خیابون و با اتومبیل تصادف کنیم و یکسان هم صدمه ببینیم اما خسارت که به برادرم میدن چون مرده دو برابر خسارتی است که به من میدن به خاطر اینکه زنم pursuant to uh, the laws uh, the life of a woman is worth half of that of a man This means that if me and my brother go on the street and get involved in an accident and are injured the same, the compensation paid to me is half of that paid to my brother. Pursuant to the law, testimony of two women in court equal testimony of one man. میتونه چهار تا زن بگیره هر وقت دلش خواست زن طلاق بده ولی کن طلاق گرفتن برای زن بسیار دشوار و گاه غیر ممکنه A man can marry four wives He can divorce his wife anytime that he pleases But divorce is very difficult for women Sometimes even impossible و بسیاری قوانین تبیزامزه دیگر And many other discriminatory laws اونها این قوانین رو بر جامعه ای تحمیل کردند که زنان بسیار تاثیر کرده و لایق داره these laws have been imposed on a society which has very well educated and meritorious women بیش از 60 درصد از دانشجوان دانشگاه های ایران دخترند over 60% of the university students in Iran are female تعداد بسیار زیادی از استادای دانشگاه های ما زنند. Many of our university professors are women. زنها در کلی مشاغل اجتماعی حضور فعال دارند. Women are present in all social professions. زنان ایران بیش از 50 ساله که حق رأی به دست آوردن و به پارلمان رفتن، حتی قبل از زنان سوئیس. The women of Iran gained the right to vote. over 50 years ago and they were elected to the parliament this is even before women in switzerland gained such vote evidently these discriminatory laws are not compatible with the merits of iranian women مخالف هستند و جنبش فمینیستی در ایران خیلی قویه. This is why women do not agree with the government of Iran and the feminist movement is very strong in Iran. طبق قانون تبعیض بر اساس مذهب وجود داره. Also pursuant to the law discrimination on the basis of religion exists. مذهب رسمی در طبق قانون اساسی شیعه است ولیکن سایر فرق اسلامی و همچنین یهودی و مسیحی و زرتشتی به رسمیت شناخته شده. The official religion of the country is Shiism but other branches of Islam also Zoroastrianism, Judaism and Christianity have been recognized officially. 
و این بدان مناست که سایر مذاهب رو قانون به رسمیت نمیشناسه از جمله باهایی رو This means that other religions are not recognized officially uh, for example Baha'is و باهایی از کلیه حقوق مدنی و سیاسی اجتماعی خودشون محرومن حتی از ابتدای انقلاب به این طرف نتوانستن دانشگاه برن And the Baha'is are deprived of their civil, political, and social rights. From the beginning of the revolution, they have been prohibited from attending universities. But it's not a religion based on the Baha'is. Even the Baha'is that have been banned But discrimination is not only against the Baha'is, even the religions that have been recognized in the law are not equal uh, to the Islam. I will give you an example now. مجازات فعل واحد بر حسب اینکه مرتکب مسلمان باشه یا غیر مسلمان مجازاتش فرق می‌کنه. Pursuant to the penal code an act if committed by a Muslim and a non-Muslim can bear different punishments. طبق قانون زن و مردی که هیچ کدام ازدواج نکرده باشن اگر با همدیگه رابطه جنسی پیدا کنن این عمل در قانون جرمه و مجازات هر کنون صد ضرب شلاق Pursuant to the laws if a woman and a man neither of them being married get involved in sexual relations they have committed a crime the crime bears a hundred a hundred lashes of flogging for each person اما اگر دختر مسلمان و مرد غیر مسلمان مثلا مسیحی باشه مجازات دختر همان صد ضرب شلاقه ولی که مجازات مرد از صد ضرب شلاق تبدیل میشه به اعدام و مرد رو اعدام میکنند But if the girl is a Muslim and the man is a non-Muslim for example a Christian the punishment of the girl would still be the hundred lashes of whipping whereas the punishment of the man would increase to death penalty. تبعیض بر اساس مذهب در قوانین خیلی دامنش فراتر از این حرف است و ما من به طور فقط یک مثال زدم. And uh, of course it's more expanded than the example that I gave you but I will suffice to the one example. آزادی بیان در ایران بسیار محدوده. Freedom of speech in Iran is very limited. طبق آماری که سازمان گزارشگران بدون مرز منتشر کرده از جهت احترام به آزادی مطبوعات بین 179 کشور ایران 174مین شده. Pursuant uh, to a report of uh, the Reporters Without Borders, so far as respect for freedom of speech of the media is concerned, among 179 countries, Iran is the 174th. The 
زندانیان سیاسی و عقیدتی ما متاسفانه خیلی بالاست. Unfortunately the number of political and ideological prisoners is very high. کوچکترین انتقادی و یا نوشتن یک مقاله انتقادآمیز میتواند منجر به دستگیری و حبس فرد بشه. The slightest criticism or even writing an, an article can result in the arrest and imprisonment of the person. در موارد متعدد دیده شده که تحت فشار و شکنجه کسی را وادار می‌کنند که علیه خودش به دروغ اعتراف بکنه بعد این رو در تلویزیون پخش می‌کنند. In many instances it has been seen that people break their silence and admit against themselves uh, under torture and then their admission is televised. و به همین دلیل ایران رو تحریم ماهواره‌ای کردند بعضی از کشورها و اجازه نمیدن که از ماهواره‌هاشون تلویزیون های برومرزی ایران پخش بشه and uh, this is why sanctions have been placed against Iran uh, in regards to the use of satellites for broadcasting programs that Iran uh, prepares for uh, the uh, for outside the country وقتون مایلم به یک مسئله مهمتر بپردازم وانین است که توجیه ایران برای تصویب قوانین تبعیزامیز و غیر عادلانه چیه؟ But the more important issue that I want to talk about tonight is what is the justification of Iran for having passed these discriminatory laws? حکومت ایران مدعی است که این قوانین ناشی از شریعت اسلامه. The government of Iran claims that these laws are based on Islamic Sharia. و مردم رو به مردم میگوید یا مسلمان هستید که این قوانین رو باید قبول کنید یا اینکه بگید مسلمان نیستید که در اون صورت یک مجازات بسیار سنگین در انتظار هر کسی است که بخواد اعلام بکنه مسلمان نیست. The government tells the people you're either a Muslim and you accept these laws or you're not a Muslim and heresy of course bears one of the very strong punishments that we can think of. اسلام مانند هر دین و ایدئولوژی دیگری تفسیرهای مختلفی داره. Like any other religion and ideology, Islam has different interpretations. ببینید در غرب یک کلیسا سخت جنین رو قبول داره و یک کلیسا اون رد میکنه و هر دو هم پیرو دین مسیح هستن. In the West, there are churches that accept abortion. There are churches that do not accept abortion, and they're both Christian churches. من به خاطر دارم که دو سال قبل در یکی از معروفترین دانشگاه‌های آمریکا سخنرانی داشتم در رسپشنی که بود کشیش دانشگاه با من صحبت می‌کرد و خیلی باز و راحت گفتش که من هم جزگرا هستم و پارتنرش رو با من معرفی کرد. I remember approximately two years ago I was speaking at one of the very well-known universities in America 
the pastor of the church there came to me and very openly and easily stated that he was gay and he introduced his partner to me. در حالتی که کشش های دیگری هستن که این کار رو من میکنن. Whereas there, there may be other pastors or priests that do not agree with that and prohibit it. و همه اینها پیرو یک دین هستن. Whereas they all follow the same religion. بنابراین چیز عجیبی نیست اگر بگویم اسلام هم تفسیرهای مختلفی داره. Therefore it's not strange if I say that Islam has different interpretations too. نگاهی به وضعیت زنان در کشورهای اسلامی این ادعا رو ثابت میکنه. If we look at the plight of women in different Islamic countries, uh, we can prove that. بنوان مثال در کشور عربستان سعودی زنها حتی نمیتوانند رانندگی کنند. For example, in Saudi Arabia, women cannot even drive. چه برسه به اینکه وارد مشاغل سیاسی بشن. Let alone holding political positions. اما در کشور دیگری به نام اندونزی که مهمترین کشور اسلامیه برای اینکه بیشترین تعداد مسلمان ها یعنی دیویس میلیون بیش از دیویس میلیون مسلمان در زندگی میکنه از سالها قبل یک زن توانست رئیس جمهور بشه But in a country like Indonesia, which has the most number of Muslims, the population is over 200 million Muslims, a woman uh, was, became the president years ago. Or in countries like Bangladesh and Pakistan, from years ago we have had women prime ministers and Presidents. بنابراین حالا به من بگید که کدام یک از این کشورها دارن اسلام اجرا میکنن؟ So please let me know which one of these countries are enforcing Islam. یا اینکه مجازات هایی مثل قطع دست دزد و سنگسار در کشورهای معدودی باقی ماندن هنوز مثل عربستان سعودی و ایران که بعد از انقلاب این مجازات ها رو وارد قانونش کرد. Or punishments such as cutting off the hands of a thief or stoning. Uh, they are only enforced in very few countries. For example, Saudi Arabia and unfortunately in Iran after the revolution such laws were passed. Um, اما بسیاری از کشورهای اسلامی این گونه مجازات ها را از بین بردن مثل مصر، تونس، الجزایر، مالزی. But many other Islamic countries have put an end to such punishments like Indonesia, like Egypt, like Tunisia, like Algeria. بنابراین می‌بینیم که حکومت‌های غیر دموکراتیک اسلامی مانند ایران از نام اسلام سو استفاده می کنند برای اینکه استبداد فکری خودشون رو توجیه کنند. Therefore, as we can see, the non-democratic governments that are Islamic, like the government of Iran, abuse the word Islam 
in order to just justify their dictatorship. البته در اینجا باید اعلام بکنم که من معتقد هستم اولین پله دموکراسی جدایی هر دین یا هر نوع ایدئولوژی از حکومته but right here i have to state that i believe in separation of church and uh, or state or separation of any religion and ideology from the government zero حکومت ها نتوانند از اعتقادات مذهبی مردم سو استفاده کنند in this way the governments cannot abuse the uh, emotional beliefs of people اما اگر در جایی مردم آزادانه به یک حزب اسلامی رأی دادند و یک گروه اسلامی به قدرت رسید چیکار باید کرد but if people freely elect uh, a president for example from an islamic party uh, what do we do then مثل اتفاقی که در سال 1979 در ایران افتاد و بیش از 95 درصد مردم ایران به حکومت جمهوری اسلامی رأی دادند. Like what happened in Iran in 1979 یا اتفاقی که مثلا در مصر و تونس افتاده و مردم خودشون به حزب اسلامی رأی دادند. Or what has happened in Tunisia and Egypt recently, and people have voted for an Islamic party. Under these conditions, we have to say that uh, the democratic characteristic of a government is not only dependent on the votes of the people. فراموش نکنیم که بسیاری از دیکتاتورها با دموکراسی یعنی با رأی مردم به قدرت رسیدن مثل هیتلر. Let's not forget that many dictators were elected by the votes of the people like Hitler. بنابراین پیروزی در انتخابات به معنای دموکراسی نیست. Therefore Winning in elections does not mean democracy. Democracy has Democracy has a framework which has to be observed. This means that the majority that have been elected by the people have to work within that framework. The framework of democracy is the standards of human rights. In other words, governments don't get their legitimacy only from the votes of people. They get their legitimacy from the votes of the people and respect for human rights. خوشبختانه اسلام دینی است که با تفسیر درست 
قابل انتباق با حقوق بشر هست. Fortunately, Islam is a religion that if interpreted correctly will it has the potential of compatibility with human rights. و حکومت های اسلامی حق ندارند به بهانه مذهب و یا به بهانه اینکه مردم به اونها رأی دادند زوابت حقوق بشر را رعایت نکنند. And Islamic governments do not have the right to disregard standards of human rights on the basis of religion or the fact that they have uh, gained the, right, the votes of the people. نسبیت فرهنگی به هیچ وجه مجوز تخطی به حقوق بشر نیست. Cultural relativity in no way permits violations of human rights. و این مسئله است که مسلمانان بایستی روش بسیار دقت کنند. And this is an issue that Muslims have to pay a lot of attention to. در کشورهایی که قیام کردند و دیکتاتورهای عرب رو مثل حسنی بابارک بن علی غذافی رو بیرون کردند امیدوارم که سرنوشت مردم مانند سرنوشت ایرانی ها بعد از انقلاب نشه. I hope that the people who have uprisen in Arabic countries like Egypt, like uh, Libya, and like Tunisia do not face the same destiny that the people of Iran faced. In Iran, people have been fighting for democracy for years. مردم ایران در سی چهار سال گذشته یک انقلاب و هشت سال جنگ با عراق رو داشتن و دیگه از خونریزی خسته هستن. But the people of Iran have had a revolution and eight years of war with Iraq during the last 34 years and they are tired of bloodshedding. و به همین دلیل خواهان رفرم هستند. یعنی میخوان هر اتفاقی که در ایران میافته مسالمت آمیز باشه. That's why uh, they want reform. This means that whatever happens has to be peaceful. و خوشبختانه ایران پتانسیل های خوبی برای رفرم داره. And fortunately, Iran has good potential for reform. جنبش کارگری در ایران خیلی قویه. The workers' movement is very strong in Iran. The feminist movement, the student movement, are both very strong in Iran. The civil society in Iran is very active. And I'm sure that democracy will come to Iran. و تا آن روز یک یک ایرانیان به مبارزه خودشون ادامه خواهند متشکرم از اینکه به حرفای من گوش کردید سالی باشه در اختیار شما هستم
Thank you very much. Uh, if you have questions, uh, please get a card from one of the ushers and write your questions on the card. Give it back to the ushers and, and they will bring them to the front so that we can uh, ask those questions uh, this evening. Uh, while waiting for some questions to come uh, from you in the audience, let me uh, begin with a question that comes from one of the students in the uh, Thompson Scholars. Uh, what limitations do you think a strict theocracy like Iran would face if democratic rights were afforded to all people. I gave you my explanation of democracy. به منزله حکومتی است که با رأی مردم به قدرت میرسه و ضوابط حقوقش رو رعایت میکنه. And I said that in a democracy the government has to be elected by the votes of the people and has to observe the standards of human rights. و چون اولین اصل حقوق بشر تساوی افراد است صرف نظر از جنسیت، مذهب، نژاد بنابراین ما تمام این قوانین رو که براتون گفتم از می خواهد رفت. And since the uh, first principle of human rights is equality of all people regardless of gender, regardless of religion, regardless of race and so on. Uh, if democracy comes, all of the laws that I talked about tonight here, which are discriminatory, have to come to an end and be repealed. اجازه بدین اضافه بکنم که مردم ایران همونطوری که گفتم سالها برای دموکراسی دارن مبارزه میکنن. And as I said earlier, I want to add that the people of Iran have been fighting for years for democracy. و روز به روز بر مخالفین حکومت اضافه میشه و حکومت پایگاه مردمیش داره ضعیفتر میشه. And every day the number of the opposition grows and the government loses its base among people. و در چنین شرایطی فقط یک دشمن خارجی و یک حمله نظامی میتونه به نفع حکومت تموم بشه. Under these conditions only a foreign enemy or a military attack would be to the advantage of the government. یعنی اگر به ایران حمله نظامی بشه مردم اختلافاتشون رو با حکومت فراموش میکنن و از خاکشون دفاع میکنن یعنی روند دموکراسی به تعویق میفته. This means that if Iran is attacked militarily, the people will forget about their differences with their government and defend their country. And again, it means that democracy will be postponed. Democracy Democracy can only grow in a, under, in a peaceful country. مردم ایران ضمن انتقاداتی که به سیاست خارجی دولت ایران دارن شدیداً مخالف حمله نظامی به ایران هستند. This is why the people of Iran although they have strong criticisms against the foreign policy of Iran they still are against a military attack on Iran. 
uh, how should the United States respond to and deal with Iran? Uh, or as a kind of follow-up to the last question, uh, what can or should the United States or other Western governments uh, do to help promote uh, reform in Iran? تغییرات در هر کشوری بایستی از درون جامعه اون کشور صورت بگیره. Any change in a society has to come from within the society. دموکراسی کالا نیست که بشود به کشوری صادر کرد. Democracy is not merchandise to be exported to a country. کشورهای غربی، حکومت‌های غربی بهترین بیشترین کمکی که می‌کنند این است که به دیکتاتورها کمک نکنند. مردم وظیفه خودشونو بلدند. The best thing that the western countries can do is not to help the dictators. People know what their duties are. من یه مثال می‌زنم. من یه مثال میزنم. I want to give you an example. میدونید دیکتاتورها همشون آلوده به کارابشن هستند و پولای دوزی دارن. As we know, all dictators are corrupt and they have stolen a lot of money. این پولا رو کجا میبرن؟ Where do they take their money? تو بانک های شما ها میزنن. They deposit them in your, in your banks. پول کسیف قبول نکنید. Don't accept dirty money. دیکتاتورها وقتی که از قدرت میافتن سرنگون میشن یا بازنشسته میشن چیکار میکنن when the dictators are toppled or when they retire and what do they do با پولهای کثیف دزدی میان قصر توی اروپا و آمریکا میخرن راحت زندگی میکنن they purchase palaces in america and europe and live comfortably there راه ندید اینا رو don't let them in بنابراین مهمترین مسئله این است که به دیکتاتورها کمک نکنید. Therefore the most important issue is not to help the dictators. ولیکن مداخله در امور داخلی سایر کشورها درست نیست. But intervention in the domestic affairs of other countries is not correct. مبارزه برای دموکراسی و حقوق بشر بر عهده مردم ایرانه که به خوبی دارن انجام میدن. Fighting for democracy and human rights is a duty of the people of Iran, and they are doing that very well. Would you talk more about how feminists or women are active in Iran under such oppressive uh, observation from the government or uh, control? در ایران زنانی که برای برابری حقوق مبارزه میکنند با سرکوب حکومت مواجه میشن In Iran women who fight for equal rights are oppressed by the government 
و ما در حال حاضر بیش از 50 زن فمینیست در زندان داریم. At the present time we have over 50 feminist women in prison. دادستان اینها رو متهم میکنه به اقدام علیه امنیت ملی. The charges brought by the prosecutor against them is having taken measures against the national security. من وکالت تعدادی از این زنها رو بر داشتم. I represented some of these women. و در دادگاه به دادستان گفتم که اگر یه زنی بگوید که من نمیخوام همسرم زن دیگری بگیرد آیا این باعث می شود که آمریکا با ما حمله کنه؟ And when I was in court, I uh, told the prosecutor, if a woman says, I don't want my husband to marry another wife, does that mean that America is going to attack us? <laughs> Unfortunately, courts are not independent in Iran. ضعیف شدن دموکراسی این است که استقلال دادگاه ها از بین میره and one of the signs of uh, the weakness of democracy is when courts do not have independence و به همین دلیل ما تعدادی از فمینیستامون در زندانند and this is why many of our feminists are in prison اما زندان هر زنی رو که زندان میاندازن ده نفر دیگه جاش میاد But for each woman put in prison, ten uh, replace them. من یک نمونه میگم از موکلی که داشتم تا بدانید زنها چطور مبارزه میکنه. And I will give you an example from one of my clients so that you will know better how women fight. من موکل من دختر جوانی بود که زمنان خبرنگار هم بود و به خاطر نوشتن چند مقاله اعتراضی نسبت به این قوانین تبیزامیز داستان او رو تحت تقریب قرار داد My client who was a young woman was a journalist and uh, the prosecutor had uh, taken her to court for having written a few articles criticizing the government روزی که داستان روزی که رفته بودیم پیش داستان برای شروع تحقیقات داستان بهش گفتش که بایستی یک وسیقه سنگین بدی با مبلغ بالا که تا من اجازه بدم روز تا روز محاکمه آزاد باشی when the investigation started the prosecutor informed her that if she placed a very hefty bail that he would release her until the trial started و این دختر جوان گفتش که نه من این کار رو نمی کنم برای اینکه من بیگناه هم اما قول میدم که حتما برای محاکمه بیام برای اینکه من کاری نکردم But then this young girl said No, I'm not, I, don't, I can't do that But I will promise you to be present uh, on the day of trial Because I'm innocent And I'm, uh, there's nothing to be afraid of I haven't done anything wrong داستان که عصبانی شده بود گفتش که خب من طور میدازم زندان و در بدترین قسمت زندان یعنی زنای جایی که زنای جانی هستن اونجا میگم نگره دارن تا خودت یک هفته بعد بیای التماس کنان 
But the prosecutor got very angry at her and said that I will send you to prison and I will keep you with women who have committed murders so that you will understand what that is. Then you'll come to me and ask to place bail and uh, be released. And since she uh, did not ask for bail, they sent her to jail. Two days later, she called me and she said that there are seven or eight women here who have been charged with uh, serious crimes and they don't have an attorney. Can you come up with attorneys for them? Uh, I asked my colleagues who worked pro bono in such cases to go talk to these people, and they accepted representation of them. Then a week later, she called, and she said, there is no library in the women's prison. Uh, can you ask all the colleagues and all your colleagues and the people that we know each to bring five books so that we can create a library for the women in prison? And in a few days, a good library was set up in prison. And women who had been accused of serious crimes, when they saw what she's doing for them, uh, trusted her and befriended her. And then she started teaching them a class on women's rights and to talk to them about the discriminatory laws and all the injustices that exist in the laws against women. چند روز از تشکیل این کلاس ها نگذشته بود که رئیس زندان سراسیمی رفت پیش داستان. She had only taught these classes for a few days when the head of the prison went to the prosecutor. و گفتش که لطفا اینو آزادش کنیم برای که همه زنان رو داره فمینیست میکنه تو زندان ما دیگه از احتش بر نمیاد. And asked that this young girl be released because she's making because she's turning every woman in prison into a feminist and we cannot control her. This is one example of the struggle of the Iranian women. Uh, are international sanctions effective in changing public policy in Iran? Do the people suffer more than the government? در ایران میشه و 
یا اینکه مردم خیلی بیشتر از حکومت صدمه میبینند من با, اخت... با تحریم اقتصادی ایران مخالفم I am against economic sanctions against Iran. برای اینکه حکومت در اثر تحریم اقتصادی ساقط نمیشه. Because the government is not going to fall as a result of economic sanctions. شما این رو در مورد عراق امتحان کردید. You have tried this in the case of Iraq. 10 سال صدام حسین تحریم بود ولی کن از پا در نیومد. صدام حسین was sanctioned for 10 years but he did not fall. اما متاسفانه هزاران کودک در عراق به خاطر عدم دسترسی به دارو و واکسن مردند. But unfortunately thousands of young children died. as result of not having access, access to medication and vaccination. Therefore, economic sanctions only hurt people. I always suggest a political sanctions instead of economic sanctions. و منظور من از تحریم سیاسی انواعی از تحریم هاست که حکومت رو تضعیف میکنه اما به مردم صدمه نمیزنه and what i mean by political sanctions are sanctions that will weaken the government but will not hurt the people که انواع اقسام داره and there are a few examples of that عنوان مثال کلیه افرادی که مثلا در پنج سال گذشته وزیر و بالاتر بودن بایستی اینها رو مانع از ورود به کشورهای غربی بشن و اگر اموالی در اون کشورها دارن اموالشون ضبط بشه For example people who have held high positions like ministerial positions uh, for the last five years Uh, should not be let into Western countries, and if they have property in such countries, those properties have to be forfeited. I know that the government of America has a list of sanctions, but this list of sanctions is very short and should be forfeited. I know that the government of the United States has come up with a list of people who. Uh, would be sanctioned, but this list is not long enough. They have to add to it. Another uh, way uh, that one can weaken a government is to place sanctions on satellites. Iran The government of Iran has 16 television channels in uh, different languages for uh, the consumption of people outside of Iran. Uh, they lie on the television programs, they create hatred uh, against other people, And it's a propaganda television in general. And all of these 
and uh, they broadcast their programs on European and American uh, satellites. خب شما اجازه ندید که از ساتلایت های شما حکومت ایران استفاده کنید. Don't let the government of Iran use your satellites. با مردم ایران چیکار دارید؟ What about the people of Iran? بنابراین من این دو نمونه رو عنوان مثال زدم ولی یه لیست خیلی بزرگی میشه تهیه کرد از اعمالی که حکومت رو تضییف میکنه علی کرد به مردم صدمه نمیزنه These were just two examples that I gave you but we can come up with a long list of things that can be done that would hurt the government but not the people After the last election the uprising was quickly and violently stopped Do you believe Iran can have a fair and honest election? Is the green movement of the young generation still strong? What future do they face? Unfortunately, elections have never been free in Iran. Because in every election, be it for the parliament or presidency, the competence of the candidates has to be approved and confirmed by the Guardian Council. There is a vetting process. هر کس که کوچکترین انتقادی به حکومت داشته باشه صلاحیتش رد میشه. And any person who has the slightest criticism of the government will not pass that competency test. اعضای شورای نگهبان رو مردم انتخاب نمی‌کنند بلکه اینا منتخب رهبر هستند. The members of the Guardian Council are not elected by the people but appointed by the supreme leader. و با این فیلتری که وجود داره اساسا انتخابات آزاد در ایران معنا نداره and with the filter that exists in reality free elections in Iran have no meaning و یکی از مهمترین خواسته های مردم انتخابات آزاد و سالمه که متاسفانه با قوانین فعلی امکان نداره and one of the demands of the people is free elections But unfortunately, with the laws that exist now, it's not possible. Uh, you say when, when Islam is interpreted correctly, it is compatible with human rights and gender equality. Uh, how do you reconcile uh, human rights and gender equality with the Quran? <laughs> حقوق بشر و هم دموکراسی به اسلام توافق خواهد داشت اینو در ایران چجوری میشه پیاده کرد متاسفانه سی و چهار سال سابقه حکومت ایران نشون داده که حاضر نیست هیچ تفسیری غیر از تفسیر ارتجایی خودش رو قبول کنه Unfortunately, the 34 years experience that we have had with the government of Iran proves that they are not going to accept any other interpretation but their interpretation of Islam. 
و به همین دلیل مردم با وجود اینکه مسلمان هستند و به مذهب خودشون پای بندند ولی که با این حکومت مخالفند and this is why although people are muslims and they believe in their religion but they disagree with this government و مردم ایران که 34 سال قبل آمدن آزادانه به جمهوری اسلامی رای دادن الان سکولار شدن and the people of iran who voted for an Islamic government 34 years ago on the basis of a free elections have become secular now. And they know that religion has to be separated from government so that Politicians don't use religious beliefs of people. But in fact, the answer to this question is that Therefore, my response to your question is that another interpretation of Islam during this uh, government is not possible because they're not going to accept it. Uh, one last question or, or request. Uh, please tell more about the persecution of the Baha'i in Iran. Baha'ism is an Iranian religion which came into existence approximately 200 years ago. حدود 300 هزار بهایی در ایران زندگی میکنه. Approximately 300,000 Baha'is live in Iran now. متاسفانه بهایی از تمامی حقوق مدنی و سیاسی خودشون محرومند. Unfortunately, the Baha'is are deprived of their civil and political rights. نه تنها نمیتوانند در ادارات شرکت‌های دولتی استخدام بشن بلکه هر کاری که احتیاج به مجوز داشته باشه مثل رستوران باز کردن رستوران هم محرومند برای اینکه به اونا هیچ نوع جوازی داده نمیشه Not only they cannot work for the government they will not be employed by the government but even if they want to engage in businesses where a license is required they are not provided licenses. They are even deprived from going to universities. And from the beginning of the revolution up to now, the young Baha'is have not been permitted to attend university. و این چیزی است که من بهش میگم جنوساید فرسنگی فرهنگی and this is what i call a cultural genocide بهایا برای اینکه تحصیل کنن جووناشون یک دانشگاه غیر رسمی تو منزل یکی از بهایا درست کردن but in order to send their uh, young people to university and get them a university education the bahais uh, put up a university using the home of one of the their co-patriots. Uh, 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 
And there were a few professors who were also Baha'is and taught the young people. متاسفانه حکومت متوجه دانشگاه غیر رسمی باهایی شد دانشگاه رو بست و استادان هم دستگیر کرد و زندان انداخت Unfortunately the government found out about the unofficial Baha'i University and apprehended uh, closed down the university apprehended and imprisoned the professors الان تعدادی از زندانیان تعدادی از باهایی ها در زندان هستند At the present time, a number of Baha'is are in prison. As jumle, half nafar as liderhay Baha'i Iran. Among them being seven of the Baha'i leaders in Iran. Kino har kunun be bissal habs mahkum shodan. They have each received twenty years of imprisonment. Dadsatan inha ro motam kade bud be jasusi baraye Amerika va Israel. Uh, the prosecutor had charged them with espionage for Israel and the United States. Man, uh, 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 I was the attorney for the seven Baha'is. And defended them in court. I read their file from the beginning till the end. کوچکترین دلیلی که ادعای دادستان رو ثابت بکنه در پرونده نبود. There was no evidence to prove the charge that the prosecutor had brought against them. اما از اونجایی که دادگاه ها متاسفانه استقلال خودشون از دست دادن و تصمیم رو بر اساس خواسته مامورین امنیتی میگیرن اینها هر کدام به 20 سال حبس محکوم شدن. But since uh, the courts have lost their independence and their decisions are based on the demands of the security officers, each of these people received 20 years of imprisonment. And uh, they have been in prison for approximately seven years now. And they live under very bad conditions. و همونطوری که گفتم غیر از این هفت نفر تعداد دیگری از باهائی‌ها تو زندانه. And as I said earlier, on top of the seven leaders, there are other Baha'is who are in prison. به خاطر فشارهای بین المللی دادستان نمیتونه اینها رو رسما متهم کنه به اینکه به خاطر اینکه باهائی هستی میرین زندان. اما به اونا Due to international pressure, prosecutors cannot announce that these people are in prison because they are Baha'is. That is why they come up with charges such as having taken measures against national security or espionage. و من به عنوان وکیلی که تعدادی از پرونده ها رو دفاع کردم صراحتا عنوان میکنم اینا به خاطر مذهبشون زندانی شدن As an attorney who has defended many of such cases I expressly state that they are in prison due to their religion Please join me in thanking Sharon Ibadi for her lecture